52 degrees at 739 here on 92.7 WMAY. Good morning, Patrick Fingston. And for Greg Bishop on a uh, Tuesday morning. Is it Tuesday? Yeah, it's only Tuesday, September 13th. I, uh, we, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Like sometimes when you get into election season, as Rick Pearson from the Chicago Tribune could well tell you, uh, when you're, when you're, when you're writing, when you're trying to keep up with candidates, you sometimes forget what day it is. So good morning, Rick. That's why I wear a day date watch. The first (laughs) thing I look at when I'm writing my lead. So I know what day of the week to be able to plug into it. Absolutely. Rick Pearson, uh, the great chief political reporter for the Chicago Tribune, joins us. Rick wrote a a piece that we talked about yesterday. Uh, I thought it would be a good idea to get him on and talk a little bit more in depth about this. And and we should probably say in disclosure, Rick, uh, I'm not sure if Dan Prof dislikes you or me more. Uh, but, but it's probably close. So, uh, you know, we can, we can at least, uh, know that we're probably on different sides of the issue here, but what are these mailers, uh, and who's, who's paying for them? Well, this goes back, uh, uh, several years of, of a mm-hmm. strategy that, uh, Dan Proft has led to send out, uh, mailers to, uh, using voting lists that were regionally targeted and they uh, look like newspapers, but they're not. They're political mailers, but there's no disclaimer on them. And this is the latest iteration. We're close to Election Day. All of a sudden, people are seeing these uh, fake newspapers showing up in their mailboxes. Uh, and, you know, we've written about it before, and, and I guess this mm-hmm. is something we'll have to do as long as Prof uses the strategy. Uh, there's no disclaimer on it. There's no explanation of, you know, who was behind it. Uh, but it's clearly uh, was a firm that that Proft was affiliated with many years for many years, local government information service, and as I said, they're 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 one-sided uh, kind of hit pieces, and people can't tell the difference anymore these days about you know what what's a real legitimate news source and and what isn't, and I just find it kind of uh, disparaging to the journalism profession. And the, and the jobs that journalists try to do to, to present and, and present facts uh, that help them form their own decisions on what they want to do in an upcoming election. And, and and I get it. You know, I've been criticized because, you know, I write a political newsletter where I mix some news and opinion in, in some things. But but, I you know, I try to delineate those those facts and I try to give disclosures in those places where I can. And I'm not actively trying to support or defeat any certain candidates either. So I think one, there's a difference there, but two, the, the, the news in these, the, the headlines and, and who writes them and, and what they're trying to portray is often very much more than subject a, you know, to, the subject A has one opinion. Subject B has one opinion. You get to make your choice. It is it is very clearly, and Sangamon's son, I think, is the one that Springfield folks are getting. It, it, it's very clearly uh, defined as a way, in this case, and it's not always J.B. Pritzker because he's done them for years, but in this case, to hit J.B. Pritzker over crime, right? Right. And, and you know, it, it's, it's whatever kind of the issue of du jour kind of is. And, and with Proft, it, you know, he has this pack that's uh, basically solely funded by uh, 
uber conservative mega donor uh, Dick Uline of the uh, Uline Office Supply and Packaging Company, and that's that's been Prof's principal funder over the years. This mm-hmm. new pack is also the one that's behind the uh, people who play by the rules, as it calls itself, pack. That's behind uh, these TV ads that are basically Darren Bailey's TV ads because Darren Bailey doesn't have enough money except to keep the lights on in his office. And uh, this follows, it's all part of a coordinated theme of, of uh, going after Pritzker and this latest ad with a, a woman who was uh, attacked uh, in the suburbs and uh, screams, there's no other soundtrack to it, um, is already engendering a lot of criticism from victim assault advocates and those kinds of things. And, and with Proft and, and his tactics, there's really, there's really no bottom. And, and, you know, from, from phony newspapers to, you know, if you remember, he was behind the Genie Ives, uh, ad that, uh, perhaps the most controversial mm-hmm. ad in politics that mocked transgenders and women seeking abortion and, and, uh, 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 union unionized teachers. Uh, there, there is no bottom for this. Rick Pearson from the Chicago Tribune joins us. I actually talked about that ad earlier in the the show and and uh, in the hour. And and I, I I take a different view of it. I think than than some folks do because I found the ad jarring, uh, and and to actually get people paying attention to to crime and in, in an instance that happened at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday in Lakeview, you know, it, it, and, and I was shocked at the governor's answer yesterday. And I don't know if you were at his press conference or not, but I was shocked at his answer where instead of de- demoning the, the crime, bemoaning the crime, he, he instead shot the messenger instead. I mean, it, it, it seems like they, the, the the governor really doesn't want to talk about crime, so it's it's really starting to, um, to to turn into, and 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 don't get me wrong, I'm not defending Dan Proft. I'm just saying in this instance, you can see that the governor doesn't want to talk about crime. No, because well, and and, and certainly it's deflection, but it's an easy deflection for him to make because it it is of the history of who the messenger is, and I'm not defending Pritzker on this either. Uh, but it, 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 the fact of who the messenger is allows him to make that deflection. Yeah, there's there's lots of valid questions, and and you know I, I suppose maybe in this atmosphere, you know he'll be forced to talk and address that more than just have it become part of uh, a usual political discourse with pointing out his opponent and calling him racist. These these advertisements, although there certainly is an element of of race. Uh, baiting in the, the newspaper, the phony oh, sure. newspaper, for sure. Um, but but you know this might uh, force him to have to actually you know kind of discuss what's going on. I mean he he, he immediately launches into Darren Bailey didn't vote for budgets, and that's you know that's one of the great uh, uh, criticisms that you can raise in, in the legislative process when you're voting on these massive budget bills. And if there's mm-hmm. something you don't like on it, and you vote no, you voted against the budget. Um, and, uh, you know, but having a, having more money for policing 
you know, that's that's an issue that's even being debated federally now, and, and there are valid questions here about whether the state has done enough in its new budget to be able to fill some of these vacancies that exist in state police and certainly in the Chicago Police Department uh, ranks. Rick Pearson from the Chicago Tribune joins us here on WMAY. So my poll a couple of weeks ago showed showed Bailey down 20. The the Bailey people are trying to tell me it's it's closer than that, though they haven't shown me a poll that that says it's closer than that. Um, what's the feeling from whether it's the Pritzker campaign, whether it's what you're you're hearing from from insiders? What's the feeling about is this a race and can it be a race? Well, I mean, I think one answer you can, as far as the Pritzker uh, side, is this whole exploration of whether he wants to run for president or not. Um, I tend to think that if this were a more competitive race, that you wouldn't have seen uh, J.B. Pritzker uh, go off to Florida or New Hampshire or Maine, because uh, that would have immediately you know, sparked a bigger discussion about, do you want to be governor? Do you want to be president? So I, th- I think that's somewhat telling. And that is that, that daily standing has allowed Pritzker to kind of do this exploration as a, uh, about presidential, bid. whether he ever does one or not is a whole separate question. Um, but, you know, there are concerns and, you know, you were, you were at the fair and you've heard Republicans privately express the same thoughts of concern about, you know, is can Bailey become competitive enough that he doesn't hurt some down ballot chances where Republicans have uh, legitimate opportunities? Uh, I talked to a couple of Republicans just the other day that were saying the same thing that when you look at some of the uh, things like uh, Dan Brady, um, um, for example, uh, on a statewide basis, an opportunity for a pickup against Alexi Giannoulis, who has you know, plenty of uh, baggage from his political history from running and losing to the U.S. Senate. Uh, you've got some competitive legislative races. And, and yeah, there, there's concern about whether uh, there's really a, a competitive race at the top that's going to uh, motivate people to, to cast our votes further down the ballot. Can a Republican ever compete in a governor's race here again? Do you do you think I, there? I've had people say to me that even even with however much money Ken Griffin was going to spend, Richard Irvin even wouldn't have been competitive this year. What what's your take? The way that the suburbs have trended left, you know, the fact that Republicans have no no traction in the city anywhere, population declines downstate where Republicans are strongest. Can a Republican win a governor's race or a Senate race in the state anymore? Oh, I think so. But it's 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 a matter of you know the, the great issue of timing. You know, you have to look at who the Democrat is and what is the the Democrat's history. I mean, when you you know look at uh, Bruce Rauner beating Pat Quinn, and, and you know Quinn had a long history of not being very effective uh, in in any any public position he held, and Rauner presented himself as a as a blank slate and. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm talking here about the campaign. I'm not talking sure. about it, the way he governed, but you know, that was an opportunity for people, including, uh, you know, not hard D's and certainly independence, which I think people tend to forget about the vast majority of independents out there, but it allowed them an opportunity to kind of pin their hopes and ideals on a candidate who was, 
largely unknown and really didn't have many uh, campaign positions. I mean, you know, with with Bailey, of course, you've got him talking about crime uh, and then saying, well, I, you know, for everything else, I want to gather people together and get their ideas. Well, that's not necessarily showing much leadership. And then when you know about his certain positions on, on social issues, uh, I'm not sure that that's enough to kind of wean those independents. And certainly, as you pointed out, the suburban vote, which is always key. And to me, the suburban women vote, which is even more mm-hmm. key. And suburban, suburban women, even, even conservative women, talking to some folks yesterday, uh, a number of them are, are, even though they're even, you know, Trump supporters are, are not necessarily in Bailey's camp. Yeah. And without suburban women, you don't win statewide, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. That's that's the bottom line. Uh, Rick Pearson from the Chicago Tribune. Find his stuff at chicagotribune.com. Rick, you're the best. We appreciate it as always. Thanks, Patrick. Have a good day.